0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the Sermon Podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. The world has been dealing with the coronavirus for a few months now. We're isolating, millions have gotten sick, thousands have died. Many are wondering, did God send the coronavirus? Here's First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun with the answer.
1: You know, recently I was asked by a star advertiser reporter... Does God have any role in the coronavirus? In this message, I'm going to attempt to answer this as I think this is a question that many people are asking. What is God's role in what is happening either for good or bad? We in Hawaii have been relatively fortunate in terms of COVID-19 cases. Recently, the number of coronavirus cases in New York have plateaued or gone down. But then on April 13, New York governor Andrew Cuomo said this in
0: response. The number is down because we brought the number down. God did not do that. Fate did not do that. Destiny did not do that. A lot of pain and suffering did that.
1: Hmm, God didn't do that, but we did it all? Now, let me preface my response to this by saying I have a lot of respect for Andrew Cuomo. I love his leadership, I love his decisiveness, I love how he answers reporters' questions. He seems honest, pastoral in some ways, and authentic. New York City is a place I love. My mom was from there, many of my relatives are there, my loved ones have suffered greatly. My cousin wrote me how he, because of the coronavirus, lost a friend who he used to ski with. He wrote me how our cousin's cousin died and then three days later, her husband died, all due to coronavirus. He wrote me in how his friend, who is a police officer, is dying of COVID-19. Likely he got it from being on the front lines. But, and then he wrote me just recently and said, another friend who I just met last year in a family reunion in New York is seriously ill with COVID. And her husband has just died due to COVID people of Hawaii know that we are very, very fortunate that we have not been hit as hard as New York or other places. So, again, let me say in summary, I love New York and I love Governor Andrew Cuomo. However, when the governor says that the reason that the numbers in New York have decreased not because of God or faith, but it's only because of the people's good human work, I believe he is wrong. God is not a distant God where he gets all of the blame if something bad happens, like a tornado or a hurricane or COVID-19. But when there's something good, like the numbers of COVID cases going down, he was not part of it. Why is it that the humans get all of the credit due to their hard work? I mean, how does that work? And maybe behind the scenes, God was involved, answering the prayers of many to stem the tide of the disease. God in this world is not like an on-off switch, not a binary situation, whether God is fully in or fully out. No, God is always working in everyday life and through the good of people. He might even be causing the good in people. I like what Los Angeles Catholic Bishop Robert Barron said about Cuomo's remarks. He said that God in this world is not a zero-sum game where it's either 100% God or 100% human. God is not a competitor like he does certain supernatural spectacular things and then there is us who do all the other special things. We shouldn't think that, oh, that issue is God's responsibility, but over here, that is 100% us. No, as Christians, we believe God is in everything. It's not divided. When there is something good, God is in it, and through it, and around it, and under it. For in none of our great human accomplishments should we ever think, everything I've done is 100% me my achievement. Ain't I great? Should Bill Gates say, look how brilliant I am. I am, depending on the day, the richest man on earth. The richest man on earth. Did you hear that? Why? Because I'm brilliant. I used computers to design Microsoft software and look at me. I am now helping countries to try to end hunger and malaria and dysentery and AIDS, and polio, and measles, and whooping cough, and barely known diseases as trypanosomiasis or leishmaniasis, as well as many others. Wow! Sounds like God, doesn't he? Healing here and there, all over the world. Who needs God, then? But that is just part of the picture. Are all of his accomplishments because of his 100% human endeavor? Was no one praying for him behind the scenes that God would use him and bless him even as a child or youth or young adult? God is still powerful. Like last week's sermon when we looked at God talking to Job where the Lord says to Job after all of his complaining to God, and so where were you when I made this earth? And who made your mouth? Or to be more specific, Bill Gates? Who made you be born in the USA instead of some poor country like the Congo? Uh, you, says Gates. Who placed you in a wealthy family in Seattle? Um, you, God? Who put you near a school that had advanced computers? Uh, you, God? And who created Harvard, where you attended a university that was founded by a pastor who gave half his estate to start the school? Uh, you? And who gave you Melinda as your wife who was raised in the church and who had an influence on you to increase your compassion for the poor? Uh, I guess you God? For most, if not all of the so-called successful people I know in business, or sports, or entertainment, or military, They would all say that they were fortunate to have a mentor or a friend and opportunities to help them at a crisis point or something happened in the weather that gave them a break so they could succeed. They might call it luck. I say luck is a nickname for God. Everything we do, all achievements we have, God is in them. What you say? Now, here's a verse you may not have noticed in the Bible. It's Isaiah 26, 12. You ready for this? Isaiah 26, 12. Oh, Lord, you will ordain peace for us, for indeed, all that we have done, you have done for us. All we have done, God has done for us. What a paradox. You see how God is in us and through us and around us? Lord, it's you, who have accomplished all that we have achieved. It's both and, not either or, as some people may think. Lord, the Lord gave us the contacts, the friends, the family, the education, the opportunities that others don't have that have benefited us. His fingerprints are all over it. He gave us the friends who supported us, who, who wrote us a card or called us just when we needed it. And throughout the Bible, you see how the followers of God know that anything good that has happened in their lives is because of God working through them, in them, around them. Take David, the shepherd boy, who becomes king of Israel. He is really good with a slingshot. He's a great shepherd, and when he volunteers to fight the giant Goliath, the Philistine, is he full of pride because he's the best fighter in the land? No, this is what he says as he's about to fight Goliath. It's not pride, but confidence in the Lord who has been with him, in him, through him. 1 Samuel seventeen thirty-seven. David said, the Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So King Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. David knew in his guts, in his soul, that if he had any skills, any talents, any power, strength, intellect, it was because of the Lord who would give him success. It was the Lord who gave him the achievement of killing any lion or bear in his path. And David became one of the best kings in all of Israel's history, if not the best, for he was after God's own heart. And he did kill the giant Goliath. Now, let me share four Bible verses that give perspective on our human thinking and accomplishments. Psalm 16:2. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. There it is. God is in every good thing that I do. Here's another one. Proverbs 16:9. The human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. Insightful. Here's another one. Deuteronomy 8, 17 to 18. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And one more which really makes me shiver. 1 Peter 5.5 5. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. Man, I want to work on my humility because if God opposes the proud, not that he puts up or tolerates the proud, but opposes the proud, then I surely don't want to be in that position. Life is hard enough without God opposing me. We need leaders in our country, our state, city, who are humble, or else God will oppose them. And that's bad news for us. Now, I don't think Cuomo really meant what he said, because I do know earlier, like last month on March 24, he said, healthcare workers are doing God's work. Now there's a Cuomo statement that is more accurate. When we humans do good work, God is in it with us, through us, around us, empowering us, giving us wisdom and endurance. Cuomo later added to that list the firemen and police and first responders. He wanted to affirm them, and and I'm giving him some grace that he probably misspoke, as we all do at times. But if he spoke out of pride that, look what we New Yorkers have done, not God, just us, then that was a big oops, and I surely don't want God opposing me for pride. The bottom line is that, Lord, you have accomplished all that we have done. Now, we are ready to hit head-on the question that I was recently asked. Did God send the coronavirus? Did He create the virus to harm us? And the short answer is, No, but I need to amplify that answer by giving the broader context from the Bible. If we go back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis, we see that God created a wonderful world, clean air, clean water, lots of animals, lush fields, beautiful mountains and oceans and fruit and vegetables. Adam and Eve got along. Every living thing got along. God didn't tell them to even kill animals for food. In the first chapter of Genesis, in the 30th verse, God told them to eat green plants for food. Everything was peaceful and beautiful and heavenly, all in unity, and a wonderful homeostasis. From the mountain to the valley, as we sang earlier, and then to the ocean, to the max. But then, oh no, everything got ruined. Adam and Eve decided to disobey God. They wanted more knowledge. They didn't want to be controlled by God. They wanted to decide good and evil. They wanted to be like God. And that sin caused a cataclysmic cosmic explosion in God's plan for humans. A spiritual seismic shift here on earth. A spiritual sin caused an ecological earthquake. The world was now contaminated with sin. The holy homeostasis was now thrown off. A demonic domino effect began. Now, everything in creation was perverted and tainted by sin. Humans would no longer follow the way of God, no longer wanted to be under his leadership, and we would continue to want to eat of the tree of knowledge and determine what is good or evil. Yet, even millennia later, we couldn't even keep just ten commandments from God. Just ten! And so we made millions of laws across this planet, all pretty much based on the Ten Commandments, but we all failed. What happened quickly to Adam and Eve were two things that ripples back to us today. One is humans learned shame. When God walked in the garden, the the Bible says Adam and Eve hid because they were ashamed. They said, We are naked, we are ashamed of our bodies. And that shame and the curse of shame has gone on for years as we try to get this product or that product to cover our shame of our bodies or our lack of self-esteem. And our souls are weakened with insecurity as we hope that maybe that beverage or that deodorant or food or practice would anesthetize the pain and shame in our lives. And we can lie on Facebook or Instagram trying to project a wonderful, perfect life of happiness and friends that we have. This all began in the fall of humankind back in Genesis chapter 1. And tragically, soon after that fall of Adam and Eve, their son Cain murders their other son. So quickly the curse unfolded and spread. And so when it comes to COVID-19 and other diseases or hurricanes or tsunamis or other natural disasters, they are not acts of God as insurance companies like to call them, but they are the result of when sin entered into this world due to humans deciding not to obey God. And when that happened, everything changed. The virus of our pride, the love of money, the flu of our seeking freedom over God's will. The world got really messed up. And somehow, whether with germs or microbes or in the cosmic atmosphere, there was, as in Star Wars terminology, a disturbance in the force. And things started to get distorted in creation and mutate and the weather got bad and people got worse and diseases started. And now you're thinking, that is pretty heavy, whoa, stop, Dan, please. Are you saying it's the fault of humankind for the craziness in this world? Yes. God gave us a beautiful world of peace and cleanliness and order and humans messed it up. Whose fault is it that we have forgotten creation care? Global warming is God's fault or ours? The heating of our oceans and coral dying, the plastics polluting, the seas, the atmosphere being threatened, God's fault or ours? The burning of the forest in the Amazon jungles, God's fault or ours? When there is not a single year where there's not some war in the world, God's fault or ours? When we make pornography a multi-billion dollar industry that suppresses women and children and messes up women's and men's lives and children's lives, God's fault or ours? when we torture and kill animals for entertainment, God's fault or ours? When so many children are being molested, when there is domestic violence, when there's a lack of love for those who are poor or who are strangers in the land, and we intend to hoard instead of help, is that God's fault or ours? All of what I have listed, that is the responsibility of us humans And that is happening on our watch. We are borrowing from the future of our kids. God didn't cause coronavirus to get us. Now, why did God allow coronavirus? I grieve for the loved ones who are sick or who have died. For those of us who are are alive and well, God allowed the virus to linger, to perhaps teach us many things. He was trying to work in us and among us to show courage and unselfish love. And during this season of COVID-19, perhaps he desired to teach us that in the long run, we need not be addicted to certain forms of expensive entertainment. To give us time to see what is really important in our lives. To give some more solitude to think. To rest the planet, the land and the sea and the air from our overuse. To remind the world that we are one big global village and we need to help each other. That what happens in China or Italy affects all of us. To remind Hawaii that we need to find more sustainable industries than just tourism. And we need other forms of food supplies that always, rather than always airlifting or shipping things in. Maybe God allowed COVID 19 to show corporations, companies, they need to work on, as John Elkington called it, the triple bottom line. The single bottom line is when companies only think how to make as much money as possible. But every company needs to think of three bottom lines. How your company affects, number one, the environment. Number two, people. And yes, number three, finances. We just can't make money and be ruining the environment in the process. We need to preserve the land, and as the saying goes, If we are good to the aina, the aina will be good to us. We just can't make money for our company and have people in another country working for us in sweatshops, growing ill and not making money. Our church is committed to equipping and producing citizens who think like that for the good of Hawaii and the world. We desperately need that kind of thinking. Our church is committed to... Talk about a loving God who, yes, allowed sin to be in this world, but we follow a courageous God who decided to come to this earth as Jesus Christ and sacrifice himself so that all of our horrible sin would come upon him when he went to the cross and sacrificed his life for us. And if we follow him, we can have and eternal life back in a new heavenly world where everything is beautiful and peaceful once again. Does God really love us and forgive us for all that we have done to his planet? If we feel ashamed for what we have done, will he forgive us? Yes. From the beginning of time, God loved us and cared for people even in our shame. Now, how do I know this? Back in Genesis, remember, Adam and Eve were ashamed of what they had done. There is this one verse I have somehow overlooked for years that will really help us. Genesis 3:21. The Lord God made garments of sin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. You know, for years, I always thought that Adam and Eve, when they realized their shame of disobeying God and their nakedness, that they made their own clothes. That they made the garments to cover themselves. But this verse says that God made their garments. He killed an animal to give them clothes of animal skin. I never thought about this. What a kind God he is. Who would, after, who would, after we have sinned, would say, okay, I'll take the time to clothe you. I'll help you. I'll help cover your shame, even though you were trying to hide from me. I'll make clothes for you to keep you warm and protected because the world is going to be really hard now. And years from now, I'm going to come to this earth again, and I will take the form of a man. God killed an innocent animal to cover their shame. But that act was a prophetic statement about the killing of his son as an innocent sacrificial lamb that would later cover our shame and sin forever. His son's name will be Jesus, which means savior, rescuer. And He will walk this land and love our people and be willing to be tortured for us and die for us because He wants you to be with Him forever in a new, better world. And the better world He offers us is not just in heaven, but right now on this planet. He offers us, in the midst of our pain, He offers us hope and strength and the love we have always wanted if we turn towards Him. It's a stressful world today. We may be tired, sick, stressed, and worried, but you know, when Jesus came 2000 years ago, here are Jesus's words that he once said that are true for us today. In Matthew 11:28, 28, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, And I will give you rest. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that in your kindness and goodness, you came to earth in the form of a man, Jesus, 2,000 years ago. You taught us how to love, you taught us about God the Father. And incredibly you became the sacrificial lamb so that when you were crucified on a cross, you took on all of our shame, all of our sin. And that through your sacrifice, we would have a new life and a new earth if we just said we would follow you. It's kind of a cosmic law. That someone had to die to cover all that sin. And you, God, created the world and then chose to be that sacrificial lamb for us. Lord, there's some of us here who are thinking, you know what? If this is the kind of personal God there is who would do this for me, I want to be on this journey. That if Jesus is really God, if he really is who he said he was, I do want to follow him and commit my life to him. And if there are people out there who either want to commit their lives or maybe recommit their lives because they've been very far from, from God for a long time, I just want to say a short, easy prayer that basically is saying, sorry, thank you, please. And you can say this in your hearts with me, that I will pray for us saying, Lord, Sorry for what I've done. Sorry that I've ignored you. Sorry, I've just kind of shut the door on you. But thank you that I've heard now that you always forgive. You're always reaching out and you understand our shame and pain. And you died for that. You lived for us and died for that. And now you're in heaven calling us to join you so I want to say thank you for reaching out and dying for us and now please please come into my life please send me your Holy Spirit and I want to follow you after basically just saying sorry thank you please be my Lord and and Savior and I'm gonna dedicate my life to you so thank you, Lord, in Christ's name, amen. You know, if you said that prayer, uh, there is a commit button uh, that you can see right now in the live streaming, and you can just hit that to say before God, okay, I'm starting a new adventure, a new chapter, and I'm committing my life to you or recommitting my life to you, and I'm hitting that button. And for some of you are just saying, Oh man, I just need some prayer. There's another button there that you desire prayer and you can hit that if you're on live streaming. Right after I say the closing blessing, uh, you have the opportunity to go right into some connect groups, which is basically small groups where you can meet with other people and just talk about the message or talk about God or talk about whatever comes to your mind because of what might have been stirred up. Uh, But right now, Jason is going to lead us in a closing song before my blessing in which we are just remembering that the Lord is mighty to save and he has come to save us and help us. And now before my final blessing for you all, I just want to say that uh, if you want to join a connect group right after my blessing, just look for that um, button or link and you can go in there right after and you can talk story with a lot of other people. And we have small groups. We'll break you up all in smaller groups. So don't be intimidated. There's going to be a lot of people in your, in your one group. And, and again, if um, you've made a commitment to Christ, you might want to hit that button. Or if you want prayer, you might want to hit that button. And, and for those of you who've committed your lives to Christ, we have some gifts for you. And we'd love to talk to you and send you some information that could help you on your journey. But now for all of you, everywhere, all over the world, in the United States and in Hawaii, I have a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and its countenance be upon you. And may you know deep in your heart the wonderful love of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you all and uh, see you next time. Aloha.
0: As we all deal with the coronavirus pandemic, we can rest assured that God will see us through it, and He is behind all the good that comes out of this crisis. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Normally, we meet Sundays at our Ko'olau campus or at the Vine in Kaka'ako, But for now, you can find the entire church service streamed online on the church website, fpchawaii.org. For our virtual church service, Click the Online Church box at our regular church service times, Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.11, and Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. Be sure to check your email for links to sermons, church news and updates, and daily devotionals. If you have any questions or needs, you can reach the church through the website or call 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chan and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thanks for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.